Janelle Journals, a podcast for everyone interested in traveling to the greatest places around the world, and if not actually going to them, at least hearing about them. Join this modern day gypsy as she gives her best tips and tricks regarding all kinds of travel. You may not be able to sneak away during these crazy COVID times, but taking a trip down memory lane will have to do for now. Now, please welcome your host, Janelle. Hello, everybody, TGIF. I hope you're all having a fabulous Friday so far. I will address right away that I am aware that this episode is coming out much later than I would have liked it to. Obviously, it would have been ideal to be posted right after the other two parts of Africa, but here's the thing. Podcasting and mainly editing is actually so much work. I've really been enjoying creating these memories from all of my travels, but I'm not going to lie. It is way more time consuming than I would have ever imagined. Because I ended up having much longer conversations than anticipated, it was really difficult trying to cut out while also trying to make the story still make sense. <laughs> yeah, that was truly a challenge in itself. Don't get me wrong, though, because I absolutely loved chatting and catching up on our lives in between all of the reminiscing and the laughter. Like, I'll never be able to express how grateful I am to have made these wonderful connections all around the world. But the struggle is real when it comes to condensing these conversations. (laughs) No problem, though. A few weeks later, and it's finally ready. I am so excited to share this third and final part of Africa with you all. Okay, so for the last time, I am welcoming basically the co-host of these Africa podcasts, (laughs) the wonderful, the incredible Chelsea Bidekoff. Okay, so after traveling through Tanzania, Malawi, Zambia, and Zimbabwe, we headed to the last country on our tour, which was South Africa. Do you remember how crazy it was trying to cross the border into South Africa? Yes. My notes say that we stood in line for six and a half hours. I was going to ask if you had the exact time. I was going to say hours. I was going to guess four because it was a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. And it was the middle and of the day. Plus I think we got 40. there at like nine or ten o'clock. Yeah. It was completely in the sun. Nothing was covered. You're the whole time you're outside in this big snaking line. Mm-hmm. And the line never got shorter because all the people they would talk to each other, they would bribe each other to get in front of the yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, Oh, I'll give you twenty bucks if you let me go ahead of you. And it was like, Oh, come on. And we just kept getting bumped to the back, oh. to the back, to the back. Yeah, six and it a half brutal. hours. It was that is awful. So- Long. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there was there was no place to get snacks. There was oh nothing. Oh my gosh. And I yeah. don't even think there was a place to buy water. Mm-mm. I remember we each had one little water bottle and we were like, okay, we need to be smart with this. Yeah. <laughs> this needs to last us all day. We could be in this line literally forever at this point. I remember like taking turns to try to find some shade. Yeah. Oh, it was just insane. Yeah, it was awful. I think he said that that's one of the busiest land yes. border crossings. I don't know the exact statistic on that, but I remember him saying it was a particularly busy border crossing and it's no joke. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely not. The border we crossed is called Bight Bridge and it's the only legal road crossing between Zimbabwe and South Africa. It's Southern Africa's busiest inland border post. So yeah, I definitely would not recommend crossing through that one unless for some reason you have plenty of hours to kill. And if you do choose to do it this way, pack lots of water, snacks, and sunscreen. But pro tip here, if you have the option to fly, do it because it was rough. Right. (laughs) That was a tough day. Yeah. I don't remember any border crossings except for that one. Yeah. So everything else was fine. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, the must-do in South Africa is Kruger National Park. Uh, It's one of the largest game reserves. It spans across 19,633 square kilometers. That's just smaller than the size of Belgium, which is crazy because that's a full country. Its high density of wild animals include the Big Five, as well as many other mammals who make this place their home. The landscape includes tropical forest, bush plains, and mountains. It is truly incredible. 
obviously Kruger was where we saw the last one of our big five. That's when we saw the leopard. And yeah, I remember being kind of bummed because I don't know if it was rainy that day, but I just remember it kind of being not as exciting as our other safaris. And then I remember having a moment being like, oh my gosh, we're not going to see a leopard. Like we're going to friggin' leave Africa and we are not going to see the big five. And then sure enough, we of course did. And I don't know if it was, yeah, them on their walkie talkies and us being like, we need to see a leopard. (laughs) And then, yeah, we saw one who was sleeping or just relaxing in that tree. And that was super cool. We didn't get too close, but we all had binoculars. Did you end up getting a good picture of the leopard? Yeah. So we actually saw two leopards and that one was the second one. And I remember that one we saw because there was walkie talkies, the second one where it was up in the tree, but we stalked a leopard at first because we saw a kill in a tree. Oh my gosh. And the guy said, there's a kill in the tree. There needs to be a leopard somewhere around here. And we were stalking it because we were trying to find it and it was way off. It was in the book. I had my zoom lens. I ended up putting it on manual so I could focus because it wouldn't focus because it was behind all the grass. So that was really cool because I actually got it to focus on the leopard. You can see it. It's behind all the grass. But that was really cool because we found that one and we found it because there was a kill in the tree. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Crazy. But it wasn't a good view. That was the thing is it was you could definitely you could see it walking but it wasn't a good view. So then you know we I think we all would have been okay with With that because it was it was really cool because that one it felt it felt like yes we did it we found this leopard you know <laughs> yeah and then yeah. when we got to see the one in the tree that one was just on the walkie-talkie so it honestly was way less exciting for me because we we spent I think it was like I don't know 30 minutes or something like that trying to find it because he's like it's got to be around here somewhere yeah okay I actually forgot about that first one because the only pictures I have of the leopard is the second one okay I do remember that one now yeah I wonder why I don't have any pictures of the first one. No, it wasn't a good picture. You couldn't see it. And that's the thing. But it was I remember it distinctly being like, wow, this was really cool because we chased it down. You know, it was like we found that one. And it felt like, yes, you know, we succeeded. I remember the other thing that was really, really cool is we saw a honey badger, honey badger. with a snake yes. in its mouth run across the yes. road. And our guide said that was the rarest thing of anything we saw. He's like, nobody ever sees a honey badger. Okay, which like, again, <laughs> is so freaking cool because you know that if your guide is freaking out yeah, about something. Yeah, he was so excited. Yeah. And it had a snake in its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> There's no pictures though. It was just, it was it ran across the it road and so it was gone. <laughs> Not even realizing how cool that was. Yeah. Uh, but then he was freaking out about it. So I was like, oh my God, we must have, yeah, just seen something super rare because if he is this excited. Yeah, he was yeah. so excited. Yeah. I, I'm with you though. Like I, I wasn't as excited about it. And I think it was because, you know, we talked about Makumi and it was a smaller park. So they were okay yeah. with going off road. You know, we chased down some buffaloes with Kruger. It was the, it's the biggest park, you know, it's yeah. strict. They have roads as opposed to little lanes. You know, it was a completely different experience. Yeah. And paved roads. Yeah, I paved mean, roads. we were driving country to country, not on paved roads. So you could just tell that we were not in the same kind of place. Yeah. And we weren't used to any kinds of rules and this park was like don't 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 go off the road yeah and our our guide you know he wasn't he wasn't mean about it but we said oh can we get closer he's like no I'm sorry you know those are the rules yeah but you get it right it's it's a big park they can't do that and I think that that part of it kind of diminished it because we had such a good experience the first time when we got to get up and close with the lion right so yeah we did see lions I think we saw everything else in Kruger as well yeah they were further away and we couldn't get close so the fact that we kind of had that first experience where you're just kind of off-roading and doing whatever, breaking all the rules, and then you get to Kruger and it's like, okay, this is where the rules are. (laughs) Yeah, we got to follow these rules. It was just a different experience, but the honey badger and the leopard, those were the Kruger things for me. Yeah, totally. (laughs) That is all we needed because that definitely just completed it. It was the perfect way to end that safari. And other than Kruger, that was basically it for us as a group in South Africa, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we ended our tour. And oh, actually, before I let you go, I really did want to ask you a little bit more about Johannesburg. So one of the questions I received from a listener was if there were any places that I felt unsafe. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. This place is definitely one of them. So yeah, if you're comfortable with sharing it, can you remind me how you ended up staying in Johannesburg? 
You reached out to a friend that lived there, right? Yeah. So when I said, hey, I'm going to be ending in Johannesburg, she's like, yeah, sure, come by. And I ended up staying with her for five days. But yeah, no, she lives in a gated community. And for me, that was such a bizarre thing because, I mean, gated communities here are like uppity upper middle class rich people live in gated communities but no it's just everybody lives in gated communities because it's Johannesburg is very unsafe and I remember you know she was very specific there was one day that she had to go to a wedding so she wasn't going to be with me that day and so I said okay well I'll do the hop on hop off bus tour Um, and she was very specific like you only get off the bus at the stops. You don't walk around, you don't do anything, you know, because it's just, it's not a safe city. And yeah, no, she had lived somewhere previously and I think um, her house had gotten broken into and so she ended up moving and then she was in this gated community. I don't think she had any problems in the place that she lived at that I visited, but it was just such a different perspective, you know, going there and her basically being like, no, you don't take taxis anywhere. You can only take Uber. I had never downloaded Uber. I downloaded Uber in South Africa so that I could use it getting around Johannesburg. That's the first time I've ever used it because Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the only safe way to get around, you know? So yeah, it was really, really crazy. And especially me, you know, traveling by myself, the hop on hop off bus, it was really good way to get around the city. But yeah, it was just, you know, this is, this is the only, only thing that you do is you stay on the bus. I think I got off at one stop to go to a museum. It was the Mandela Museum, which is where I ended up getting off. But that was the only thing that I did. And I just, you know, took the bus around and it was really cool. Like, I'm glad that I did it. But yeah, no, it was one of those places where I just basically didn't do anything unless she was with me because (laughs) I didn't want to be unsafe. Out of all of the traveling that I have done, Johannesburg is top three for one of the most, the most unsafe I have like ever felt. That would have been the only one, though. Everywhere else, I was going to say the exact same. Yeah. And maybe that's why I panicked in Johannesburg, because we hadn't really experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, everywhere else was so safe. Everyone was so friendly. And again, we were kind of secluded for a lot of it. Yeah. But yeah, the tour had just finished. Joe and I were now leaving. And our taxi was like, don't unlock your doors. Don't roll down your windows. We won't stop at red lights. I can't remember, but he basically gave us a list of stuff. And we were going to stop in Johannesburg and like do stuff. And (laughs) I remember looking at Joe being like, we're leaving. So I was like, actually, can you take us to the airport? And then I booked us a flight to Cape Town. (laughs) Round trip to Cape Town because we were flying out of Johannesburg to go home. Right. But I was like, we are not spending days here. I'm scared. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I mean, there are certain things that I ended up doing. We went to a market and things like that. But like I said, I mean, it's not the place that if you're by yourself or you're you've never been there before like you don't want to do anything without having somebody tell you exactly what's okay and what's not okay right so yeah like if you know a local who knows the city totally different story but personally without that and knowing that we were huge targets because we had these big bags and we were just completely lost I don't know I just wouldn't recommend spending time there unless you're a very experienced traveler or yeah if you have a friend there like you did yeah, no, for sure. I was with, her name was Janelle also, um, but yeah. I was with Janelle. And so she was the one who was taking me around. And so there were certain places that we went. I remember the market was really cool because it was a farmer's market. And she showed me some legitimate biltong, which is basically like beef jerky, but South African version. And it was great, you know, oh so certain gosh. things like that. But I mean, as far as Johannesburg goes, it wasn't one of the places that I spent a lot of time in. But yeah, other than that, that was the only place that I... Yep felt. I would agree. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm glad we touched on that because I do feel like a lot of people do ask me that like, oh my gosh, was it unsafe? And I'm like, honestly, no. Yeah. But some of the other places, I mean, you know, it's generally just safe travel to know where you're going or to at least have done some research, you know, but at the same time, there was never another point where I genuinely felt unsafe or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I would not suggest to anyone to go into it blind. Like you either have to do research if you are planning to do it by yourself, or I truly would recommend for people to pay the little bit extra and go on that tour because then you truly don't have to worry about it at all. You can kind of go traveling in other places blindly and figure it out as you go. But I just find that this one, especially the way we did it, camping, 
Yeah, because, yeah. you know, especially the the length that we covered as well. I mean, we had a big truck that was taking us around. You know, if you're renting a vehicle, you know, that just makes it all so complicated. You know, you're probably not going to cover the same amount of ground either if you're doing yeah. it by yourself. And, like, the roads were crazy. Yeah. Julius was a pro and drove through the night. I would be scared to rent a car there because there are no finished roads. <laughs> yep. Do you know what yep. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And traffic signs and stoplights are a suggestion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those basically aren't even real because yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that nobody stopped at that stop sign. Okay, no yeah. problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyways, on a more happy note, how amazing was that trip? This is a good um, trip. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's because I went in with no expectations or if it's just because of all the cool stuff that we were doing, but it is top of the list for best trips I've ever been on. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. And even when I continue to travel, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for this place. But it is super funny because people will be like, oh, well, are you going to beat out Africa? I'm like, I don't think I'll ever beat out Africa. Right. I don't think right. I will ever experience just, It's on that. its own bar. Yeah, it truly <laughs> is though. Because yeah, I've yeah. had some amazing other trips and I'm sure you have too. But it's just like, there was just nothing like it. Yeah. The yeah. stars aligned. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Okay. Well, that basically sums up our time in our very last country that we visited. I did want to mention a few more things about South Africa though. In part one, I gave a little bit of insight on things to do in and around Cape Town, so I'll skip over that. But I will reiterate, if you're in South Africa, Cape Town is a must. Aside from that, though, you can actually do a really cool little road trip down the south central coast called the Garden Route. It starts from Mossel Bay in the west and goes over to Storms River in the east. It is around 200 kilometers long, and it'll bring you alongside the coastal cliffs, through forests and mountain ranges with plenty of lakes, lagoons, and beaches. I've heard nothing but great things about this route. If you're up for an adventure, stop at Blue Crown's Bridge to bungee jump. It's the highest bridge in Africa. As for the drive from Johannesburg to Kruger National Park or vice versa, be sure to stop at Blid River Canyon Nature Reserve. This park is Africa's second largest canyon. The rock formations create a beautiful canvas of color and texture, and this place is also known for its rich diversity of plants and wildlife. I'll also mention the most famous surfing destination in South Africa that offers big waves and multiple breaks at this place called Jeffreys Bay on the south coast near Port Elizabeth. Also, there are plenty of other game reserves and national parks to check out, but that'll certainly give you a starting point. Okay, it's time for a quick break. We'll be right back. Have you heard about Oak and Aspen Soapery? Oak and Aspen Soapery is a small local business that creates all natural bath and body products. No artificial colors, fragrances, or preservatives. How awesome is that? Some products include bath bombs, body scrubs, and their signature shower steamers. Free local delivery to Sherwood Park, $5 for anywhere in Edmonton, and these products can also be shipped anywhere across Canada. We should all be feeling good about what we put on our skin, and I've really made an effort in the last little while to switch over to natural products. All of Janelle Journal's listeners will receive 10% off with our promo code JJournals. I'll add the link into the podcast description as well as onto my blog so that you can be sure to take a look at their products. Again, use code JJournals at checkout for 10% off. You'll be saving money and you'll be supporting local. Now back with Janelle Journals. Okay, it's finally time for my last guest. This lovely lady lives on the Isle of Man, a little island between Ireland and the UK. It's just across the water from Lake District. You can take a boat from Liverpool, and it takes about two, two and a half hours to get there. She currently works in marketing and is a yoga teacher on the side. She actually also started to take aerial hoop classes, and I like to take a little bit of credit for her getting started into aerials. <laughs> this beauty just bought her first home during the pandemic, and she lives with her boyfriend, Ryan, alongside of their new little cockapoo puppy named Milo, who is basically her little shadow. So cute. 
She's known that traveling the world has been a goal in her life ever since she was little. Since COVID has played a huge part in not allowing her on a plane, she's spent the last year exploring the incredible little island that she lives on. Oh, and for anyone who's super confused, I probably should have mentioned that there were actually two Nicoles on this trip. One from Australia, who I chatted with in part two, and then this Nicole, who is actually my next guest. Clearly, I travel very well with Nicole since she is the third Nicole on the podcast. (laughs) So please welcome to the podcast, Nicole Taylor. Hello! (laughs) How's it going? It's all good. It's all good. Ah, it's so nice to speak to you. Oh my gosh, it's so great to see you and yeah, to talk to you. (laughs) How have things been? I know, it seems like so long ago. I was thinking it sounds like it seems like so long ago, but then at the same time it doesn't. I know. It's weird. It's so, so weird. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I just cannot believe how fast the time has gone. And actually, before we dive into Africa, please tell everybody how many countries you have been to so far. Um, So last time I checked my list, I was at 56. Oh, amazing. I actually have, since lockdown, I have a scrapbook where I've listed down all of the countries in the world. I've crossed off those that are probably not safe for me to go to. crossed off the ones that I have been to and then I've like color coded it this is how obsessed I am (laughs) I've like got different colored highlightings in the order that I need to get to them amazing (laughs) yeah that's my goal in life yeah I am the exact same like it is on my bucket list and I understand it's going to take me a long time but like I must get to every country in the world definitely k56 is amazing um yeah I was like I just have to ask because before Africa actually this is the perfect little segue into Africa, you were traveling all the way around the world and Africa was your last stop before going back home, right? It was. I'd been away for a year. So actually before that, I'd finished studying and whatnot. I went interrailing around Europe with my friends. So I was listening to your podcast and I was like, oh my God, so many great memories. It was like, I was reminiscing along the way too. Um, Yeah. And then came back, save, 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 saved. And then, yeah, we were on a mad year trip and Africa was like our final destination before trying to get home before Christmas. And it was such an amazing way to end the year. Like it was awesome. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, Yeah, out of all the other places that you've been to, is anything comparable to Africa? Oh my god, I feel like everywhere is so different. Yeah, that's how I feel too. For so many different reasons. People always say to me, they're like, what's the best country that you've ever been to? And honestly, I could tell you a different country each day of the week. Because my in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, that place was really cool. And then the next day, I like feel different, or I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, just go with this the, one too. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this one, yeah. So ah, oh. but no, nowhere's like Africa. I mean, it's a massive place, isn't it? Yeah. But no, it's it's completely different. It's just such a different feel compared to anywhere else that I have ever been. As soon as you land you just really know that you're in a different, a completely different culture, a completely different way of life. It's so relaxed. It's so chill. The people are just so different. Yeah. Everything is just different. I know. The sunsets, mm-hmm. the sunrises, everything about yeah. it is just amazing. Yeah, it really, really is. It's, yeah, never usually on someone's top list. I feel like it doesn't hit the average person's top places to go. But like truly some of those countries make up a list of some of my favorite places ever. Yeah, I feel like when I'm talking to people about traveling and I'm like, yeah, and then we did an overland a trip through Africa they're like what yeah and then they're like oh (laughs) and it's just so rare because yeah most people if they're gonna go traveling they kind of stick to Europe or Asia um maybe you know South America Central America is getting more popular but um yeah people do tend to steer away from Africa and I don't know why like everybody has to go it's amazing yeah it's hard to explain I'm always recommending I'm a huge huge fan me too. I think it is scarier than going to 
like Thailand or somewhere like that that's more familiar for backpackers. Yeah. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons that people think, because mm, it's not as touristy. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's the reason why I wanted to go mm-hmm. because it wasn't touristy and it's so authentic and it's kind of not been touched by the Western world yet. Yeah, totally. So I feel like it's still really rich in culture and yeah the people are just so happy and oh the yeah they're amazing people yeah I definitely talked a little bit about the people and just how amazing it is that they grew up with so much less than we did and they are still so happy every single day it's hard to think about I literally get shivers every time I talk about it because you're just like oh my gosh when I am having a bad day at home I come on my life is just fine it changes you Mm -hmm. all these things that you take for granted and I was like what are you complaining about? Like, I'm never having anybody say I don't have anything to wear or I don't want to eat that and, like, little things that really, really have stuck in my mind what little people have. But also, I remember flying home and I was, like, looking around and I was like, everyone looks friggin' miserable. Like, nobody was smiling. Everyone was, like, on their phones, like, in their own little bubble, Mm -hmm. queuing up to get their passport, like through customs and I was like that just does not happen like the second that you land in Africa everyone is so happy so smiley I just feel like there's a lot that we could learn from them too 1000% you kept a journal for your entire year right oh I failed so I kept a very in-depth journal for the first few months and then I started taking notes with the intention of getting home and writing everything up. Yeah. And it never really materialized. Oh, here I am <laughs> years later being like, I probably should finish those journals and yeah, convert them <laughs> to online so that I have them. <laughs> it is one of my biggest regrets. What would be the number one thing that you would recommend doing in any of the countries we visited? Oh my God, there are so many things. I know. Do you remember when we went to the Rhino Reserve? Yes. That guy was taking us round. He'd lived on the park like his whole life and he was Mm -hmm. like fighting for conservation. That has always, always stuck in my mind. It stuck with me too. Maybe it's because I love rhinos. Yeah, that tour guide stands out to me as one of my favorites by far because he was so passionate and he was so informative. And yeah, I just thought he did such a good job. Like that was just an incredible tour. It really was. Mm -hmm. And I think because rhinos are obviously so rare now, that's what made it even more special. Because I keep thinking about this, like by the time we have kids, they might not even be able to see a rhino in real life, which is baffling and so, so sad. I know. But I'm really, really grateful that we were able to get so close to them as well. Like I remember taking a picture of you and George and I was like come this way this way this way this way quick 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 (laughs) like I have those photos on my phone and they're just insane like I've shown people them before and genuinely they think it's a backdrop you know I know (laughs) a screen and I'm like no they're actually there Mm -hmm. it's insane but I also remember the view do you remember we had to like climb up that hill like onto yes. that crater and the view from up there was so incredible. Yeah, the view from the top was amazing. Oh yeah, I've said this before, but the rhino walk was one of the most incredible experiences from that entire trip. Yeah. Like the safaris were awesome as well, but this was just something so unique compared to everything else that we had done. It was incredible. Uh, there were so many amazing things though to do and to see mm-hmm. and like the simple things in Africa like make sure if you go to Africa that you wake up for the sunrises because there is absolutely nowhere in the world that you see sunrises like that yeah that's a really really good one that I have not had anyone mention yet also while we're on the subject of that I've just remembered see things come to me when I'm thinking about it yeah Malawi the school that we visited in Malawi I know that changed my life oh for sure (laughs) that was amazing that day was incredible that day was incredible and again I just felt taken back and it was just such a perspective moment where you're like wow we are so lucky. How dare we take anything for granted or be grumpy about something so little? Yeah, I just remember going 
into their little playground because it was a school but it was also an orphanage like some of the kids would stay there right yes yeah i remember that right but they like all ran we were like bombarded with all of these kids in a circle around us just like trying to touch our hair and our skin and wanting to be picked up they were singing in their classroom and then we were like going in to see what they were doing but honestly i do remember sitting down next to this 12 13 year old and she was showing me the work that she was doing and it was science and it was way beyond me and I remember thinking like you're so like <laughs> clever if I was in a science class I spent most of my life outside the room for like being disruptive and I just oh I hated science at school and I remember thinking like oh my god like I definitely took my education for granted you're so right I was the same I was kind of a shithead of a kid I was like a good kid but I got kicked out of classes and skipped classes and whatever But yeah, how lucky are we that our education is just an expected given thing? Yeah. Like everybody goes to school. So that's just something we should be more grateful for, for sure. Okay. I had a listener ask about safety and if we felt safe the entire time we're there. I do think I know your answer, but I still thought I would ask for your input. What do you think about safety in Africa? Oh, a massive yes. I get asked this all the time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why people don't want to go. I think definitely safety in numbers. Like I probably wouldn't be a solo female traveler there. Yeah. I think you totally could if you were wise and, and whatnot. But I think like we were always, always with the group. And I think hardly ever did I like stray away like on my own like I would always have somebody with me anyway Mm -hmm. I never ever felt unsafe like I actually feel more unsafe going to London (laughs) than what I did in in Africa and people always think that you're going to be at risk because it's such a poor country but actually we were like wandering the streets like in the evening in Malawi which is like one of the poorest countries in Africa and like I felt absolutely totally fine like I would not let that put anybody who wants to go and travel that off whatsoever. Yeah, I think everyone should do it. And yeah, the entire time we were all together, I felt safe. The only spot that I didn't feel safe was where we ended the tour in Johannesburg. Did you have any extra days in Johannesburg? No, we, but what I will say is I have really bad memories of Johannesburg because on the way to Tanzania, we switched in Joburg and I lost my bag and then on the way back I had somebody hack my bank account as I was leaving the country so yeah having said that maybe South Africa is probably the most dangerous of the countries which is so ironic in the sense that that would be the place that people would maybe think that they'd feel most safe yeah yeah but I remember like actually we rolled up at the last hotel that we were at and we were like oh my god this is such a difference to what we were used to Mm -hmm. because you remember like all the barbed wire and the security cameras like everywhere yes yeah I'd forgotten about that yeah that is truly though the only place from the entire time that my little intuition was going off being like I don't know. I'm not sure about this place. (laughs) And actually everywhere else, we'd been able to like leave the back door, the van open, the windows open. Mm -hmm. And then now that I think about it, I remember Sammy saying, you know, you've got to close the windows. And we were like, what? We're going to melt in here. But like they wanted everything locked just in case so that nobody could like hop on. So yeah, maybe South Africa a little bit dodgy yeah yeah I think do you remember the guys before us were saying that Kenya they felt Mm, a little bit unsafe in Kenya like in Nairobi but genuinely no as long as you're wise Mm -hmm. and you don't do anything stupid yeah then you're you're pretty safe really which is just Um, a regular thing to know about traveling in general yeah but do you remember like we would like ask sammy before we left the bus we'd be like is it safe around here and he was like yeah of course it's safe like he would have had us like wondering like 50 miles from home and he would not have cared one little bit (laughs) i know and i do feel like he was confused every time we would ask that but of course we would ask are we allowed to like walk around and he'd be like 
Of course. And they would be like, TIA. Yeah, yeah. This is Africa. This is Africa. I know. Oh, my gosh. TIA was like everything. This is Africa. Yeah. Super relaxed. People just don't seem to have them like that sort of motive. It's just not in them. That's kind of my jam. Like, I'm not often on time. I try to be very much in the moment when I am doing something. So that's why I was like, oh, TIA, I am bringing that home with me. It was definitely uh, the most chilled tour I've ever been on. Yeah. Like if you're somebody that doesn't like going on tours that are like super regimented and like you have to do this and you have to do this then and, and when they say so, that's the perfect sort of tour for you. Totally. Like perfect. Because we had so much freedom. Yeah. And I think it is like such a good way to get into backpacking because we camped the entire time. We made our own meals. We did our own dishes. We set up our own tents. Like we did not get babied at all. No. I remember the first day they were like explaining that we were going to have to clean up after ourselves and pack the van up and put our tents up every day. And like everyone's faces were just like looking at each other like, what are we paying for? Like, I don't want to have to do that. That's awful. Yeah. And then like, by like midway round the trip, we were like, right, you're on dish duty today. You're putting away the chairs. It was like a military operation. And we were like done in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my God. So funny. Because yeah, I remember us all being confused being like, wait, though, what are we paying for? Because the other tour that I had been on was in Europe and they babied us. I never had to carry my backpack. We didn't have to walk anywhere where like this was not the case. It was like, (laughs) uh, no you'll of course do your own dishes. I remember that so clearly because they were like, you've got a roster and we were like, a roster? What the Book is a roster. And then like we looked at it and we were like, oh a rotor. And then you guys were all like, what the hell is a rotor? And we were like, what's a roster? And then Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Had... We do not call it a rotor or a roster. We what would What do you guys call it? I don't know. Like a cleaning rotation. <laughs> I don't know what we would call it, but like I was just thinking I haven't had like a list of chores to do since I like lived at home trying to get pocket money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. And then we had so many discussions over vests and jerseys <laughs> oh my God. and tank tops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to find out all of the things that we would say differently. And then we would just bug each other about how weird it was. <laughs> it was good. Oh, it was, again, so different than anything else, but just like freaking amazing. Yeah. If you're comfortable with sharing, can you tell us about your little trip to the hospital when we were in... Zambia. Was it Zambia? Yeah. So we just crossed through from Zimbabwe to Zambia. And then it was like our first night there. And we were staying at that really cool game reserve. And I remember like putting up my tent right next to a zebra and thinking it was awesome. But yeah, I did pay a little trip to the hospital in Zambia. Okay, yeah, we need to go back to this day. So Uh, tell us from the beginning. So I was convinced that I had food poisoning. So we had like a barbecue the night before and everyone else was fine, but I just could not put it down to anything else. I woke up bearing in mind that we were told don't get out of your tents like at night and I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and like sorry to give anyone a bad image but I was puking my guts up hanging out of the tent and then half an hour later I was like okay I'm really not very well and I remember like running over to these outside toilets that were like absolutely covered in not even small insects like massive cockroaches and stuff I was just sweating oh I was so bad and I literally spent from like half two until like five in the toilet and then you guys were like all waking up and I was saying to Sammy I was like I really don't feel very well and then I remember like you and George with your friggin' pharmacy. <laughs> your backpack's like massive. Whenever we were like, does anybody have this? He was like, we do. How many do you want? We've got this time, this time, this time. And, and you're like, have this, what was it? Like a rehydrating tablet. A noon. Yeah. Yeah. I had that. And within like seconds, I puked it back up. 
And then Sammy was like, you know, are you going to be okay on the bus? Because we've got like an eight hour journey. And I was like thinking, oh my God, fuck my life. (laughs) And I was like, literally I was crawling onto the bus. I had a foam roller at the back and I was sweating and like not being able to hold anything down, like Mm -hmm. both ends. (laughs) And then we'd like keep stopping and I'd have to keep being sick and whatnot. And then I think I went to sleep and you guys were playing cards and then we stopped in Zambia's capital and then yeah I got up and I remember you guys being like are you okay I was like no actually I'm really fine I feel a lot better but I'm just really really hot and then I got off the bus and I remember like sitting with my head in my hands and this poor guy was trying to flog me a bracelet and I was like look I'm really 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 unwell like please leave me alone he was like no 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 you want one you want one I was like I really don't just want to be left alone um (laughs) and then (laughs) and then I was like okay and then I went to get back on the bus and I was like I'm gonna faint I'm gonna faint and then I just felt my legs go and then some like slaps on the face like cool cool (laughs) and then I was panicking because I was like I can't feel my legs like I actually cannot feel my legs and you guys were all there like thinking oh she's fainted because she's you know not well or dizzy you know Mm -hmm. dehydrated but I was like really really panicking like I'd never felt like anything that scary in my life before I was like I actually feel paralyzed like I can't feel my legs And then gradually, like, it got worse. I can remember certain bits and so clearly and vividly, like, the feeling. And then other bits were just, like, completely lost on me. But I remember Joe, like, stepping up to the plate and be like, you've got to throw water on it and being, like, drenched in water. And then everyone throwing different forms of medication at me. And all the while, I was, like, could feel, like, my hands cramping up and my arms were cramping. And then... yeah. By the end of it, like my mouth was like squished like a fish and the only thing that I could move was my eyes and I was genuinely scared. Like I I honestly thought I was gonna die. Because <laughs> I just could not feel my own body like at all. Yeah. Thankfully we were where we were and I don't even know who carried me. I think like, Joe might have carried you to the taxi. Yeah. I know that when we got to the hospital, like, I don't remember it, but I've been told since that they were like, that doesn't happen because my arms were so cramped up and I couldn't respond to anybody. And I've got the records and I had 15 different drips put in me and stuff. And I had loads of different tablets and they put it down to dehydration. But on the actual statement that they give to my doctors, they said it could have been malaria, which I didn't even know until I got back to my GP. So... Yeah, that was scary. And I was in the hospital and they were so lovely, but it was kind of like being in your grandma's front room. (laughs) It was just so basic and so old and like just not how we picture hospitals to be. Like there was like living room lamps in there and stuff and then the electric went off and I was thinking oh my god like these drips aren't gonna work in my arm like what like why is that machine gone off and and the air conditioning had gone off and I was like okay this is like not good there's like flies all around me and stuff but yeah it took me like a good while after that though to like fully recover and like even now you know like I went to the doctors not so long ago and I was like complaining because I don't get like full feeling in my foot and in my fingers and I've had it like ever since and it's like apparently caused by nerve trauma so god knows what happened to me but Joe was definitely my savior he like stepped up to the plate and was like out of the way people (laughs) save a life (laughs) oh my gosh thankfully we were actually in a city yeah Versus like, oh, we could have been in the middle of nowhere. So like, yeah. thankfully. Well, they basically said that I was so dehydrated that if I'd have been like at the start of the journey and like further away from the hospital, it would have taken me two, two hours in that state to die. <laughs> How mental is that? Kate, no, that's actually so insane. Like so scary. Because if we were on a six hour drive from one yeah. place to the other. Which we quite often were. Yeah, could have been so bad. Oh my gosh, so scary. And then Kate, I remember after you guys left and 
Oh my gosh, Kate, I don't know why I am smiling. This could have been really, really bad. But (laughs) Sammy left with you guys. And then we were just hanging out, kind of wondering what we were going to do from there because Julius spoke a little bit of English, but he wasn't our tour guide. He was our driver. And yeah, we're all just kind of hanging out, wondering when we're going to go. And then all of a sudden, our bus just lights on fire. Like what? (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. So after that, we were all kind of like, what is going on? What are we supposed? to do i had forgotten i knew that it broke down but i forgot the fire. that is so bad and again every single local person not stressed they're like no problem we'll put this out and we were like oh my god <laughs> all of our stuff's on that bus. yeah and they were like oh it's no big deal it's just really hot today that is funny crazy 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 yeah i remember coming back and you guys were all having pizzas and then finding out that the bus had broken down and you've been stuck there for so long and i was like oh my god that's so my fault <laughs> no 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 <laughs> left you guys <laughs> not your fault at all like we were stopping for a break regardless which is why you book a tour in africa <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly right but yeah just like so funny and yeah, I just remember Julius kind of being like, uh, okay, well, we'll fix this and then we'll go. <laughs> you know? You know what? We're like, yeah. <laughs> one word answers. But do you know what I do remember? Like having that panic when you said the bus is broken. I was like, oh my God, I have so many chocolate bars in the freezer. They're going to be frosted. <laughs> It wasn't even like, where's my bag? Where's this? I was like, oh my God, my chocolate. (laughs) I was going to bring that up because I would say that we were the most consistent in us buying chocolate bars. You were dairy milk, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they have so many that they don't have here. Yeah, yeah. Like so many different kinds. (laughs) Oh, I was like in my element because they have so much chocolate that you can no longer get in the UK. So like dream bars and dipped flakes i remember those they have them maybe i was the one who always got dairy milks and you always got the dipped flakes i think i got a couple dipped flakes too but yeah i got the dairy milk mint oh yeah yeah Mm, but yeah i did definitely go i mean i think like i went pretty overboard on the chocolate but (laughs) it was because our treats on the bus were like fruit which is awesome and really really nice fruit but we'd go to the supermarkets and you picture Africa as being little markets to like go and buy your food from but actually they have really really like mac off supermarkets with like the best food in there oh and I remember just like spotting them and I was like I wasn't even picking up like individual boxes I was just picking like the actual boxes that they put on the shelf I was like yes I will take that thank you very much much and then we were like hoarding them in the freezer yeah like so funny because we only had the one spot for our lunches to keep food in and we would be like our chocolate bars are much more important than our sandwich so chocolate bars take priority in the freezer (laughs) and we'd all just write our names on them because we'd all have so much chocolate (laughs) it's too good Okay, and then we kind of did talk about a couple funny moments that we were both laughing about, but if you had to pick one of the funnier moments from this trip, what would you say? Oh my God, there are so many. So many. So many that like (laughs) pop into your brain and I know that we're going to like finish this call and then I'm going to be like, oh, why didn't I say that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of the things that still cracks me up, just to show that when you're tired and you're traveling, like patience wears thin. And I still remember the incident with the plug sockets. With the what? Like with the adapters, like with the travel adapters. Okay. You had them like spread out over the table and it was the end of a long day. And I think (gasps) the guys were like having beers outside. Do you remember now? Okay, yes. And they're like, do your accent and you're like, Jared, I don't know which one goes in the thing. And he was and he was like so tired and like had just had enough at this point. And he was like, it's not rocket science, Janelle. Look at the plug size socket and look at the one that goes into it. And like practically. Oh my god, I honestly that, forgot that. about that. 
that was like, don't know whether that was like a had to be their moment, but like that was so funny. I remember being so offended by that. Being like, (laughs) oh my God, he thinks I'm so dumb. (laughs) But I was so tired too, which is why I wanted his help. (laughs) Oh my God, hilarious. Okay, and another funny moment I can remember very clearly, and I will start with the fact that I have a very shy bladder, so I can't just squat. Oh, your phobia. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a phobia, but I can't just squat and pee or like pee on a tree or anything like that. My body just does not allow me to do that. (laughs) And I remember you and Nicole came off the bus with me because Sammy was like, Janelle, you have to go because there will not be a toilet for like six hours. And I remember being like, it's okay. I'm going to wait till we get to the toilet. And he's like, no, you need to go and try right now. He gives me toilet paper and was like, go. (laughs) So I remember both of you being beside me, telling me what to do, but I knew that it just wasn't going to happen. It was way too much pressure, but I remember you guys were so determined. I remember you being like, okay, just try to lean your hand on that tree and then you're going to squat down. And I was like, in what world? There's no way. I will not be able to do this. We just did not understand it because we were like, yeah, you just need to squat and go. And then you were like, no, my body's just not going to let me do that. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And we were like, just go, just go. And I feel like (laughs) me and the other Nicole were probably the least bothered. And then you guys were like, okay, we're going to give you your privacy. Okay, we'll just be over here. We're waiting for you, but you're going to do it. I remember like trying, but like being so stressed. I was like, I I can't. I would just rather us all get back on the bus so we can get to our destination five minutes faster so that I can pee on a normal toilet because there's no way in hell this is happening. (laughs) We were literally trying to coach you about how to pee in the bus. And I still to this day can't do it. It's not one of my skills. (laughs) I know it's so ridiculous, but I just, I can't. Oh, the memories. Such a good trip. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, I honestly thought doing this and going through this trip would make me really sad that we're not able to travel right now. But it's actually been the opposite. Like talking to you, the other Nicole, Chelsea, oh, it's all just made me so happy. And I just feel so lucky that we were able to experience everything that we did. Oh, totally. And it's so bizarre because you're with somebody for like four weeks. I can't remember exactly how long the trip is. Yeah, I think it was almost a month. Yeah, but like your friendships are just like escalated because you're spending like 24-7 with them people. And you just get to know everyone so well. Like I remember leaving and bawling my eyes out. Me too. Oh, I was so upset. And like I remember giving Chelsea a hug and then she started crying. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm gone. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, Because she was like one of the first ones to leave and like you think like oh maybe I'll never see these people again but I've yeah like I obviously came to see you and Joe and then Chelsea came to see me and I keep promising that I'll go and see her in Toronto like not kept in touch with that many of the others but like still on social media and whatnot but like the trip was like absolutely amazing it was such a great way to end the year as well yeah the perfect way really because Africa was just so good yeah I feel like I've said this a million times before but it's true (laughs) (laughs) oh and before I forget because you're such an experienced traveler this is basically a must ask but what is your best traveling advice Traveling tip of the day. So I have three big travel tips. Number one would be I've learned from my experience. So I will tell everyone else to learn from my experience. Make sure that you pack some clothes, definitely a bikini and maybe some toiletries into your on-flight bag just in case your baggage goes missing and you don't see it for a few days and you're left on a beach with nothing but the clothes that you're standing up in. Yeah, I remember when that happened to you in Zanzibar. So sad. Yeah. (laughs) We actually had someone else also give that advice. So for anyone listening who thinks it wouldn't happen to them, you just never know. So do it. Pack those extra things in your carry-on just to be safe. Travel tip number two would be plan, plan, plan. I know that people like to be spontaneous and I sort of admire that. 
Um, I think it's really good if you've got lots of time on your hands. But for those of us that have limited holidays and they're just doing it for a short vacation, I'd say definitely, definitely plan. Yeah. Um, I'm a meticulous planner. I literally went for a year and had genuinely, genuinely had almost every single day filled out. And obviously, you're not going to get to do all of that stuff, but it's just a really good idea so that when you get to somewhere, you don't waste time looking at what there is to do in the area, mm-hmm. or even worse, like moving on and then realizing that there was something really, really cool that you should have done. That's that is the worst. Yeah, that really is the worst. Like, that was actually me in Southeast Asia. I definitely wasted a lot of days while I was just trying to research what to do or the things that I was supposed to do in those countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a little bit different because I had time to waste, but I'm sure I could have done way more things if I had properly planned for it. But that's okay. It's all learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your last one? My third travel tip and something that I tell everybody all the time is don't be afraid to go further afield and don't be put off thinking that it might cost you more money because sometimes, just sometimes, (laughs) it doesn't work out that way. Okay, wait, what do you mean? So obviously I came to meet you in Canada and the cost of a flight ticket was like £350 return, which I think is like double in Canadian dollars. But yeah, and and for the same cost, I could have flown to Greece, which is like three and a half hours away. Nobody quote me on that. But it's, it's a lot, lot closer. So yeah, for us to go to Europe, it would have cost me more than to come all the way to Edmonton, which is just insane, isn't it? (laughs) Okay, okay. Yes, so crazy. I definitely agree. In 2019, I decided who cares how far away it was. If I wanted to go, I was gonna go even if it was only for a short period of time or whatever. And yeah, I'd go on all the third-party apps, websites, just to try to find the best flight deals. And truly, I found them for cheaper than flying to the other side of Canada. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Look online. Go on Skyscanner. Oh my god, yeah, that's exactly what I'd use. I love Skyscanner. Skyscanner is my best friend. So I will literally just go into Skyscanner and search everywhere and just see what flights come out the cheapest. And then I tend to just go from there. So if it's like a small weekend break, I'll just pick probably would be somewhere quite nearby in Europe. And if it was like further afield, I just like see what's good and see what's good at that time of year too. And I think from looking on it as much as I do, I probably know all of the the quickest and the cheapest flight routes because I am obsessed. Um, yeah, but definitely, definitely think go further afield. Don't be put off by by budgets because quite often when you get to a faraway country, it's so much cheaper than your hometown anyway. Um, and you get to live a little and you get to experience countries that not everybody goes to. And that is always the best thing in the world. So yeah, that is my third tip. Okay, I love that so much. Yes, that is great advice. Okay, one more final question for you. I've been asking everyone who joins me on the podcast to share something that they're feeling grateful for. So of course, I'm going to be asking the same from you, but I can start. (laughs) Today, I'm feeling so grateful for how close we all became on this trip. I think it's so cool that you felt comfortable messaging Joe and I later on a couple years after our trip to say, hey, we're wanting to fly to Canada. So yeah, I'm feeling very grateful for those connections that we made and for the time that we actually got to reunite where we got to show you around our country. And yeah, one of my favorite things about traveling in general is meeting people from all over the world and creating those lifelong friendships. So yeah, today talking to you, that is what I am feeling super grateful for. (laughs) What are you grateful for today? Oh, you totally stole my, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely grateful for the friendships um, made and the memories I'm so fortunate like to be able to reminisce and I not just with Africa but like I've been very very fortunate to be able to travel quite a lot in my life and experience some things that you know some people will never experience Mm -hmm. and that is what traveling brings to you like it definitely opens the eyes 
leaves you a lot wiser and just uh yeah it fills me up it's it it is that one thing that makes me feel super super whole so yeah I'm thankful for the gift of travel and the gift of friendship and my life here at the minute because I'm super super grateful that I'm living in relatively a safe environment and I'm able to go about my day as normal which is something to be extremely grateful for uh, in these times oh absolutely yeah we are so lucky and yeah again just to reiterate especially after getting to spend time in five different countries in Africa you definitely leave feeling very grateful for everything for just for everything in general but then yes everything that we got to see and experience and do while we were traveling So yeah, for sure. 100%. Okay, so normally I like to play a little game before signing off. So I thought that it'd be fun to just throw it back by playing a little game of Never Have I Ever. I just remember so many laughs around our (laughs) nightly campfires playing this game. So obviously we can't all see you. So we'll probably have to do like a vocal version of it. But I've come up with a list of things that I have never done and we'll see who can get the other one out first if that works for you. Cool. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Okay, so we each have five fingers up and we're going to be vocal about when we have to put one down. Okay. Okay, so this is a game of Never Have I Ever with Nicole Taylor. Never have I ever gone skydiving. I have. I'm taking one down. Yeah, okay. I thought so. Go for it. (laughs) Um, Never have I ever lost my purse in a public place. I don't think so. I think I'm good. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Never have I ever stayed in a five-star hotel. I have. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> the brat. Um, for your birthday when you were traveling around the world, right? Uh, yeah, but since then we did um, a trip around Sri Lanka and me, after backpacking, I was like, right, I'm going to do this in style. So we made sure that every single hotel was five-star. Wow, that is amazing. But like FYI, um, Sri Lanka is super cheap for hotels. So it was reasonable. Yeah, it was so cool. I love that. That is great. If we're going to go off air, being a little bit snobby, never have I ever flown first class. Neither have I actually. I would love to. I've never been upgraded to first class either. Like never have I paid for a first class ticket and yeah, haven't been upgraded either. Budget all the way. Same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I still have five fingers. You have three fingers, right? Yep. I'm losing here. I purposely am picking on you because I did plan for these, but this next one maybe has not happened for you, but never have I ever forgotten my passport uh never that is the one thing that I'm good at I'm really really organized for a trip yeah same (laughs) okay go for it (laughs) off the back of that never have I ever missed a flight ever oh I have missed a flight (laughs) I knew the answer to that was like I'm gonna get you down (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) okay I'm at four you're at three okay yeah Never have I ever visited every continent. Ooh, wait. Maybe you have, but did you do Antarctica? No, that's the one I was like, is that a continent? Yes. No, so no, that's the one to tick off the box. I know, okay, but it's so expensive. I have looked at prices, obviously, pre-COVID. Yeah. It's expensive. It's like six grand or something for us, which is a lot. That's like 12,000 Canadian dollars, right? Like double, pretty much. Yeah, it's insane. And even then I was looking at tours because I was like, I would have no idea what I would do when I would get there. And it was adding up. It was going to be over 20 grand. Yeah, the flights and everything like to get to the boat is just horrific too. Yeah, insane. Okay, do you have another one? Okay, <laughs> never have I ever done a bungee jump. Okay, I was trying to figure out if I did a bungee jump. We did the gorge swing and I've done swings before, but I don't think any of them were actually considered bungee jumping. So I'm also going to say no and leave my four fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> never have I ever traveled with more than one suitcase. Oh my gosh, no. 
I haven't. haven't and I've only just realized that now. No. I know. I'm like, wow, I'm kind of proud of myself for that. Yeah, I am. I was thinking that then. I was like, oh, my like parents and my friends that say that I don't travel light can take that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm still at four and you're still at three. Okay. Oh, never have I ever scuba dived. Ooh, I definitely yeah. have. So yeah, that is a good one. Um, okay, we're tied at three. Never have I ever broken a bone on a trip. No, I've never broken any bone in my body. What? Really? Wow, that's amazing. I know, and I'm so clumsy, so I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, that is so, so good. Okay, do you have another one? Okay, uh, let me think. Never have I ever traveled across a country by train. Okay, so I have been on trains before, but not in my own country. Oh, see, I was trying to get you out there because I was like thinking like, right, Russia, no. Canada has a train that goes right through the middle. Maybe yeah, she's done that. Does. Gonna get one up. Yeah, um, that was a good try, but no, I haven't. It is on my <laughs> list, but I'm like, I can do that as an old person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, that'll be easy to cross off later on because I really do want to do that, but not right now. <laughs> I mean, maybe if COVID lasts longer, I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll just go insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, never have I ever been to New York. Oh, I have, yeah. I I knew it. These next ones are kind of geared toward you, so (laughs) (laughs) I might get you. Okay, um, never have I ever been to Japan. I haven't been to Japan either. That is right on my list. Oh, me too. um, Everything's (laughs) on my list. But um, yeah, I follow a few bloggers that have like traveled around Japan and it looks absolutely insane. Yeah. It's insane. Also, let's just talk about the Kit Kats there because everybody <laughs> tags me. So I'm like, I, this needs to move up on my list. Yeah, I've also seen so many like beautiful places from Japan. So it definitely is on my list. This is a mean one, but never have I ever been to more than 50 countries. Oh, and that, <laughs> what are you at? What number are you at? I have three and you have one, right? Yep, I've got one. Okay. See if you can get me. Okay. Never have I ever had a crepe in France. Had a what? Oh, a crepe. Oh. Oh, a crepe. Uh, Well, (laughs) no, that's fine. A crepe. A crepe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, sure. We could definitely say that I have. I do not remember my exact meals, but I would assume that, yes. See, I have been to France. Yeah. And that was like one of my regrets when I left we were like on the train all of us and we were like wait we didn't go and get one what are we doing oh my gosh that's so funny no I (laughs) definitely hung out in a lot of cafes so I would assume that this is the correct assumption (laughs) okay so yeah I'm now at two fingers and you're at one okay I am going to try and get you out here never have I ever gone hiking two weekends in a row Oh, I'm always hiking. (laughs) I know, you are always hiking. (laughs) I knew that I could get you with some of these things. So yes, that was the plan. That actually was pretty close. But yeah, I wanted to play with you because I definitely remember some of the campfire nights where we would play this and it felt like we were playing for hours with just the most random things and everybody was so... Creative with it. Yeah. And then like everyone would be so shocked at some people's like... Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Well, I know it's getting late there, so I will finally let you go now, but thank you so, so, so much for joining me for the final part of Africa. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and thanks for asking me to come. Of course. And yeah, it was just so nice to see your face and yeah, hopefully we'll get to chat again soon. And that completes Africa. Thank you all so, so, so much for listening. Three parts is really a lot to stick around for, so I can't even explain how much I appreciate it. Thank you to my lovely guests who took the time to chat with me. And yeah, I hope you all have a great rest of the day. Uh, We will talk to you all soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Janelle Journals. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring all things travel and real life shit. See you next week. Bye!